You're listening to XS Gaming Podcast, a podcast for gamers by gamers, with your hosts Xander Scullion and James Grusome, bringing you something old, something new, and a little bit of nostalgia too. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time you guys are checking us out, and welcome to another episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. We're recording this on the 13th of October. I'm one of your hosts, Xander Scully, and joining with me is the wonderful co-host, Mr. James Grusome. What's up, James? Greetings and salutations. Finally, we are in the midst of fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has finally hit. We've definitely had some good days. It's still been a little warm. I think mm-hmm. yesterday was our last highest day of like 85, but uh, definitely had a couple of days with the windows open, the air off. Just puts me in a much better mood. It's that time of year where sometimes it's like, even if I start getting agitated at life, like most of us do, it's like, I know that cooler weather, it's going to like cut it down by like 30% and I'll feel at least that much better. So I hope everybody is enjoying this wonderful time. Halloween is coming up soon. And as always in gaming, there's just lots of, you know, really cool stuff going on. There really is. And uh, and there's some stuff going on with the uh, podcast. I got some really exciting news for Excess Gaming. Uh, now, for a little bit behind the scenes, we've been using a podcast host called Podomatic.com. We've been using that since 2012. And it's been a great platform. It's allowed us. Uh, it's allowed our podcast to go on uh, platforms like iTunes, and of course, uh, the podcast is always going to be on the YouTube channel, Excess Gaming, or the YouTube channel, youtubecom Scully, and it's always going to be on that. But uh, I found another website. Thanks to my good friend, uh, Mikhail Casanova, called Launchpad DM, and what Launchpad DM is is a lot like Podomatic, where it's like your hub for uploading podcasts but the good thing about launchpad compared to podomatic is podomatic we always used a free membership which would always give us a certain amount of memory and once that memory was oversaturated with episodes i had to delete older episodes to make room for new episodes and what that would do was essentially cut out the playlist on say platforms like itunes or launchpad we are not going to have a, a memory limit on our episodes. So right now I'm in the process of putting Excess Gaming Podcasts on Launchpad. And with that being said, it's going to not just be on iTunes, but it'll also be on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. It's going to be on so many platforms. So yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time for the podcast. Yeah, that is really cool. I've used a lot of those platforms uh, before. So I, I know TuneIn was one, and uh, I know someone, I think it was Sean Michelin, I think he'd said in, in Canada that it might be like free up there. And it's mm-hmm. much like Spotify, I think, is a subscription service where like I know it used to be free, but it does have really awesome channels. Uh, there was a Roswell channel I used to listen to uh, that was actually based from Roswell, New Mexico. And it would have lots of old school, you know, sci-fi, old time radio shows. And they would mm-hmm. actually have like clips of people in space. Just re- it was one of those ones you could just play all night. And it, and it was very cool. Uh, so I do know, you know, that is a pretty cool service. And yeah, it's just really awesome to be, you know, available on so many different platforms. Because some yeah. Use all those, you know, and you never know what kind of new audience you might find on them. Exactly. It's going to take some time because... Uh, of course, I'm not going to go and put every single episode, because, I mean, this is episode 133, and there's some episodes I don't have at the moment, 
uh, because I had a hard drive fail. When I had the hard drive fail, then uh, I lost some episodes. But I'm going to be starting from our spectacular Christmas special we had with uh, Ryan Cadaver, which is coming back very soon for our Halloween special, a good friend of ours. We want to start with that episode, which is 127 to the, the most current episode. So if you're, by some chance in the future, if you guys are listening to our show on, like, say, Spotify, and you're like, oh, man, I wish I could go back and listen to my old episodes, check us out on YouTube.com slash Scullion to listen to our archive episodes, our older episodes we've had. But uh, other than that, I mean, that's that's pretty much the podcast news. Uh, getting into some gaming news, man, there's been a lot going on lately. Uh, first off, I want to talk about a little Kickstarter, and I meant to send you a link to this, James, for you to watch it. But So I'll describe it the best way I can because it's kind of under fire right now. It's this game on Kickstarter called Enchanted Portals. Have you heard about that by any chance? Actually, no, I have not. Okay, so Enchanted Portals is a uh, Kickstarter. It's a 2D platformer currently in developed by uh, a studio, and I cannot pronounce it. It's like X-I-X-O, so I'm like Zyzo or something like that, I want to say. But uh, they put out their trailer, their concept trailer, and it looks a lot like Cuphead. So much so that some folks are like, wow, this is like a Cuphead ripoff. Now, the characters are not you know, uh, Cuphead. You know, they don't have, like, cups for heads and, and black bodies and all that stuff. But they look more like a, like a wizard and a witch. But it's got that old-school kind of style to it, that old-school jazzy cartoon look. And it's also got the same kind of music. It's got, like, the jazzy music. And it's, it's so blatantly... Uh, inspired or ripped off that even the running gun mechanics that the game has, very similar to Cuphead, has them shooting projectiles from their fingertips like Cuphead. Almost like the same stance, almost like it's got a, a reskin. And um, it's been under a lot of fire. I even try to look up the Kickstarter to see maybe uh, see how far it's gone, to see if people are actually uh, like pledging money to it. But I think they may have even taken it off Kickstarter at this point. So what do you think about this, James? It's a little interesting because like, once you started mentioning some things that sounded so similar. Because I'm like, I don't know, can they really you know, like copyright old-timey looking cartoons that we took yeah. from somewhere else and made the game out of? And a lot of people might, you know, they really love that. And I think it brought, like, an interest into old cartoons. A lot of us even, no matter our age, grew up watching a lot of those still. Uh, and I just, they probably are. They, they probably are is, like, a, a big rip from what you say. But, I mean, yeah. you never know. I just, I, I kind of hope it's, like, it's just other people being inspired by. It. And the thing is, is, like, can they make a good game at the end of the day? I mean, even if they rip them off, if it's good... I don't really know if I could knock him for it, but if it comes out and it's like subpar, uh, that would be you know a real knock against him. But like you said, it's like we're not even sure if it's still out there right now. Yeah. Um, you know, every genre that's popular is going to get somebody else trying to kind of capitalize on it, and it's it just for me, it's like, can they pull it off? Like that's my biggest hope. But you know, it does get a little sketchy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes to the fact that uh, you know, Enchanted Portals, like, it looked, it looked good. The concept trailer looked really good, uh, but yeah, it was very much Cuphead. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe that constructive criticism and straight up backlash on like platforms like Twitter that maybe they'll go back and kind of be like, you know what, yeah, this is a lot like Cuphead. Maybe we should change a little bit of things to it because, like I said, it was showing like 
boss battles and jazz music and you know that cartoon style that everyone knows Cuphead for I mean that didn't start with Cuphead so I mean they could still use that style but maybe make it their own and maybe that's what they'll do and they'll put back another Kickstarter maybe maybe change the name or something or do something kind of get that stigma away from it because right now uh, everyone's going to know that company as like that company that tried to rip off Cuphead at the moment so yeah I wouldn't mind a little bit more like run and gun style, you know, because Cuphead was so much boss battles. Yeah. I mean, which were amazing. Everything, just the artwork on that game, man, like even when you're getting your ass kicked, it's still so fun just to see everything happening. But I wouldn't mind a little bit more run and gun style game itself, you know, with a a little less boss battles. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what they end up doing if it just goes away. I mean, it's all kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, and and some other uh, gaming news. This is really interesting for uh, the retro listeners. Uh, there's something that's pretty exciting that's going to be on sale, and that's the world's rarest console, the Nintendo PlayStation. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, it's always been kind of a urban legend. Uh, we all know at one point, we're working together to make a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo. Unfortunately, things fell through between Sony and Nintendo, and that's how we got the Sony PlayStation. But there's always been talks of like a prototype that um, came out that would kind of be the, the Sony PlayStation Super Nintendo. There was always urban legend about prototype, and I guess it was, what, two years ago that the guy came out, he went in his attic and found the prototype? Wasn't that like two years ago? Yeah, I believe so. I remember, you know, it was really a big deal when it first happened. Yeah, so apparently the guy's selling it now. Um, so, yeah, I guess he doesn't want to hold on to it anymore. He's selling it. Uh, his name's uh, Terry Diebold. And he says, uh, for those, he posted on Twitter, he said, for those of you that are serious about buying, I can be reached on uh, tdiebold51 at verizon.net. Feel free to spread the word. And it's been exploding on social media, of course. But uh, I'm curious about to see, I'm curious to see how much this is going to go for. Because, I mean, this is more rare than, like, say, stadium events that, you know, Broke the record of selling for like a hundred thousand. So I'm I'm wondering what this is going to be. You know? Yeah, I I can't remember the price. I I want to say it was out there of what it, he was asking. It was really high. You know, they've been going around the convention circuit and and you know showing that lots of people taking pictures with it and everything. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's had its you know share of being in the spotlight and. I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, really, like, what are you going to do with it? I don't think it really does that much. Um, yeah, I think... It I, is a one-of-a-kind, super rare item. Yeah, I think the Super Nintendo, like, the uh, like a Famicom cart can still play in it, because I remember he did take it to a couple of conventions, and was, like, playing, like, Street Fighter Two, and folks were playing that, and it had the shape of, like, uh, a Famicom or maybe, like, a European Super Nintendo game. It had that shape to it, so, like... It can play. I mean, it's functional, but I mean, of course, there's no CD add-ons or anything. I mean, there's a disc tray, but I mean, they didn't make any sort of like CD stuff. I mean, by then, so um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see exactly what's going to go on with that. That's a big piece of gaming history. At the end, yeah, like who buys it and what it finally ends up going for. Like, you know, will he get what he initially asked? Like I said, I I can't remember the the price, but I heard it, and like it was pretty high. Um, 
So it's one, it's like when you get it, it, it's more of those museum pieces, you know. I don't imagine Mm -hmm. anybody that actually gets it would be, you know, playing it. I mean, or maybe shit, if you had the money to buy it, like, I don't know, maybe you want to just, you know, play it and (laughs) rock some Super Famicom games on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whoever buys it definitely has some deep pockets when it all comes down to it. And uh, speaking of deep pockets, good segue through here, is uh, the Atari VCS actually has some updates I don't know if you've been following this, James, but of course, Atari VCS is, you know, Atari's return to the home console market. It was an Indiegogo, and it's just been a mess ever since. Uh, it is funded. Um, you know, console's going to be $250. Um, they they haven't really released what games are coming out for it, what's, what's happening. I mean, this is very much like the Coleco Chameleon. or Yeah, it was the Coleco Chameleon. It's a lot like that. But yeah. uh, apparently the architect... Uh, the guy who designed the Atari VCS has left the company, claiming he hasn't been paid for six months. Um, he's a part of a company called uh, Ten. I'm looking it up right now. I believe it's called Tin Can. Um, his company, no, Tin Giant. I'm sorry. His name's uh, his last name's Wyatt, but he hasn't been paid in six months, and. It, of course, this makes the launch paused at the moment because they still they still don't have anything to actually show. They showed uh, a computer board to kind of show uh, the chipset that it's going to have. Uh, they've been spending a lot more time showing you the different colored shells, and apparently their controllers are going to be put out by um, by by a a. I'm trying to remember like a game or something like that. It's a third party controller company, which. I, from what I hear, they don't make the best controllers. So, yeah, what do you think about uh, th- this? This surprises me, James, that people even are like, there's still people somewhere in the gaming community that's excited for this. Like, what do you think about this? Like, th- this is still a thing. That, yeah. That is the most shocking part of it. It's oh, like, yeah. This is really going on. I think the price, you know, and, and I followed it a bit more honestly on uh, like the CU podcast. I know uh, some people are always not the biggest fan of, of Patney, and I, I still enjoy the show. And mm-hmm. I, I do like it because they do call out a lot of these companies like this. Uh, and as far as, you know, just their lack of showing things and people have invested in this. The price to me is just like, and that's really high because it's yeah. a super niche thing. And when we look at a lot of these awesome plug-and-play systems, and even me sometimes, I'm like, man, 80 bucks. Like, I don't know if I want to pay that. But it's got a lot of guaranteed good games. You know, sometimes we just we might have them on other platforms, but like that's still a great deal. And you know what's on it. This you don't know. You know, they might have some limited run of certain games that you know mm-hmm. attach onto them for a little bit. But dude, with the price, I'm sorry, like 250 bucks, like when you can get a brand new system. Yeah, you know, a current gen. Um, it, you know, a myriad, like a set of plug and plays, things like that, uh, that enable you to play so many other games that there's hundreds and hundreds, thousands of different games out there that you can play. And you're left with this. And like I said, people have invested. I just hope the ones that did like get something out of it. And I just kind of hope they're happy. Um, you know, the, the Coleco Chameleon, like you mentioned, I remember in the past when it first hit, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not. I might would buy this. I think this is kind of cool. Yeah. Like I kind of bought into it and like, man, like that, that would have been like a big, you know, <laughs> as we're talking about some regrets later on, that would have been one of those. I'm sure. 
if I had gone into that, but like, thankfully I didn't, but like I said, I just hope with these products, like I said, people just are happy at the end and don't get ripped off. They're just so skeptical, man. You just, it's, it's so hard to like buy into them because mm-hmm. they have just such little things out there that you can actually, you know, see and make it viable. It's, it's tough. You really have to believe in that product and, and you're really taking a chance, you know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I, my, my advice to all these companies that buy out these, these old names of our childhood, like Atari and television, Coleco, what have you. Um, if you're going to make a new console, like, please show us more than just, like, the shell and being like, hey, the console comes in green. You can get it in silver. This is a limited edition gold one. Uh, show us some games. Show us some things that are, like, a lot more concrete because, I mean, it makes me go back to the Intellivision Amico. Um, that console, like, I – there's a lot more going for that console than – say the Atari VCS because you know Atari VCS there's really nothing going out for it and now the architect is completely gone at least when in television Amico we do know that we're going to get a new Earthworm Jim and we do know that there's going to be some games coming out we've seen sort of like a, a prototype we've seen what the controller looks like but even then I'm still skeptical I'm still like I don't know if I want to get this I don't know how this is going to sell is this going to be just one of those niche things but uh yeah, you just got to show a little bit more. I mean, there's there's so many companies that just have an Indiegogo and they just kind of pull the nostalgia and just try to put out something. And I, I'm just I'm really not a fan of it because when there is something else that's coming out that's legit, um, I have a feeling those folks are going to suffer because of the people in the past that were burned from these kind of projects. A great example would be like Mighty Number no. Nine. You know, I supported Mighty Number no. Nine and it made such a bad like stain in my views on Kickstarter that for a long time I wouldn't support anything on Kickstarter. I was like, you know what? I, you know what? I never heard of this company. I don't even know if I want to put my money on it. And that's not a good thing because there's a lot of companies that could be missing out on some really good products because of other past experiences with these kind of, uh, fundraising websites. Yeah. At the end you just, you really kind of got like show and proof, you know, yeah. it's like you just need to have something there. And, you know, it, it, with the right company, you know, they can get people behind it. But like you said, a, a lot will miss out. Uh, but at the end, maybe that will make people, you know, put out better products and actually show things. So that support will come back and people can, you know, have more interesting new things like this come out. Because I'm not knocking it. They're not always for me. Like you said, the the, the Amiga, uh, Amigo, which, whichever one that was, I've heard about it. It's supposed to be a big yeah. family-friendly system and, like... That one sounds kind of like niche too. I mean, there's lots of family-friendly games on other. And once again, like I said, it comes down to price. Yeah, uh, the fact that you can get a new system that's proven for that same price, like yeah, you, you might not want to take a chance. It's like you really gotta, you really gotta have something special at the end. Yeah, exactly. Now, and speaking of special, and speaking of a good product, uh, we got another really good uh, news bid on the PlayStation Five. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk about a lot of rumors. I don't like to talk about, you know, like, oh, you know, the PS5, you know, there's a rumor that this is going to happen. And uh, same thing when, when Nintendo had the Nintendo NX. I mean, I, I learned a lot from the rumor mill of that. But, uh, no, this is the official news from Sony that the PlayStation 5, that's the official name now, PlayStation 5 will debut in late 2020. They're looking at the holiday season. 
and uh, it seems to be pretty awesome. Uh, it's going to have a 100 gigabyte optical disc. So that's good news for the folks that are uh, really loving um, physical media. Physical media isn't going anywhere. If anything, it's it's insane to think that these discs are going to be dual 100 gigabyte Blu-rays, but it's going to be 8K Ultra Blu-ray visuals, and it's going to be a 4K Blu-ray player. It's supposed to have like a solid-state hard drive, uh, and it it looks like it's backwards compatible with PlayStation 4, which is really good news. And uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't really released too much of a price tag. They talked about how the the controller is going to be a new controller. Um, I don't think it's going to be too far from what we've seen with Sony. Because uh, they don't really change their controllers too much, but they did say they're going to add things like the HD Rumble, very similar to the Nintendo Switch, and some uh, the tr- the triggers are going to be more sensitive and and stuff like that. So yeah, we're we're about to enter the new generation, James. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, with controllers, I'm just good with the standard one. You know, they've been putting out a good one. I, I'm sure it'll have some of those features that kind of. Uh, are really neat at first, but then they just, it's like, yeah, we don't really need that. And then they go away, but they have always put out a quality controller. Uh, that's one of the things you can always say. And I, I do love PlayStation backwards compatibility uh, with PS4. I mean, that'd be really awesome. Cause that's something, you know, we don't have the most of, but it's, it's been important, you know, with Xbox uh, releasing a lot of the old games, making it that way. Uh, I know they've put it on hold, but apparently when Scarlet starts back up, uh, I believe they might venture forth and do more backwards compatibility with old ones. You know, people love mm-hmm. that because the libraries are huge. And, like you know, like I said, lots of times it's a good time to get a new system. You can trade in your old one. Sometimes you get extra credit and they have a huge surplus of, you know, those systems get even cheaper. Once again, like we said, as far as price, if you want a good system, uh, when a new one comes out, that's always a good time to get the older one if you hadn't got one yet. Um but, you know, it gives a good year, I think, you know, to plan ahead. I think, you know, most people, man, you could just start, like, saving up and end up snagging one, you know, up on launch. Like I said, you could do a trade-in. It, it's nice to know. And like I said, to me, it's not soon. That's not like, oh, you know, it, April of next year. Yeah, I like that. It's like a good year out. Like I said, holiday season, man, that, that doesn't make me feel, you know, bad about buying a system. Like, oh, man, is the system going to be dead? And yeah. as we know, lots of times they do support you know the older systems still for quite a bit, where you actually get some really great games in that last year of the system. So you know that it makes it a super interesting time as far as end of PS4. And you know, like I said, if it does have the backwards compatibility, like we hope, that makes it even better because you know there's a good chance of still getting good games on the four if you can play them mm-hmm. on the five. Companies will still you know support it. So, yeah. you know, with that new Xbox, um, it, it's going to be, you know, a really good time. Uh, Switch still building up, still getting crazy titles on it that you wouldn't think it would have. Um, man, seems like just like, you know, they're all doing pretty good, thriving, and it's better for all of us. Exactly. And, and you know, it's the thing, like, I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, that's good. You know, I'll probably get a PS5 like a year after it's been out. I think that's... Usually what I do, because uh, I know when I got my Switch, I got my Switch in April, and it came out in March, 
and it it was it was kind of it was kind of sad when I first got my Switch because I had to wait for for games to come out. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of games when the Switch first came out, which is crazy to think because now the Switch has so many games. Like every other week, you go on eShop, it's it's just going to drain your wallet. But you know, there was a time when the Switch didn't have a whole lot, so I'm going to wait probably a year before I get the PS5. Um, I, I really want to see what Xbox is doing. I know I didn't get an Xbox One this generation. Uh, but I did love the original Xbox, and I loved Xbox 360. This Xbox One didn't really do it for me this generation. I don't think it's a bad console. It just didn't do it for me. So I'm going to wait a year. And in the meantime, I mean, there's so many games on the PlayStation 4 I still haven't played. And we still have so many games for the PlayStation 4 coming out in the year 2020. Uh, but I, I want to ask you, James, uh, let's think hypothetically here. If the PS5 came out and had... One launch title that made you say, okay, day one buy. This is what I'm getting right now. What game would that be? Man, like, and, and I imagine people would we would be like, I would think it would be like Yakuza. Um, but it actually wouldn't, man. A, a oh, wow. One. I was like, that surprised like, me. Yeah, no, I, thought, I thought you were going to be dude, like, yeah, Yakuza. <laughs> there's almost a, a Yakuza overload to where now, like, I almost expect it to be on there um man i'm just gonna end up like i i don't know if you have one off top head uh well i gotta think like it'd have to be some old friend like it's really tough nowadays for me to for any game honestly and then which is kind of sad when you think about it (laughs) like i don't really know if there is like a single game that's like i would have to get that on maybe like symphony of the night two. like if i knew that was gonna be like what it should be like that's one that could probably you know really draw me in uh other than that man like i don't know it's like you said because you'd have to be really occupied with that one game for a long time because mm-hmm. launches are a little bittersweet you know because it's awesome because you got the new console but at the same time you're kind of waiting um i'll probably come up with a better one but yeah i would say if there if there was some symphony of the night too if there actually was Symphony of the Night too. That would be uh, awesome. And it just had everything I needed. Like them, I would be the one that would draw me in. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask the listeners uh, for you folks that are listening, and uh, you know, leave a comment. Tell us, you know, what would be a launch title on the PS5 that would just make you just take the bullet and be like just jumping into it. Uh, me personally, I mean, like if it was if it was something Yakuza, that would definitely be something I'd be like, all right. Okay, cool. Or maybe like a new Final Fantasy or maybe Lost Odyssey 2. Like if somehow Sony got the rights to, you know, uh, I think it was like Miss Walker, the, the company that made uh, Lost Odyssey. If they if they got the rights, made Lost Odyssey 2 or, you know, something something kind of nostalgic, but at the same time, like something brand new that says, oh, man, I got to I got to try this out because I, I don't really get as excited about new IPs like that like I do with something from something I'm already familiar with if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you one and I did, I was kind of leaning towards this like, man, if there was a wrestling game, but recently it was announced that a lot of the guys that, you know, the vice presidents and stuff and, you know, owners of AEW wrestling, uh, have been in talks with the team that was AKI They're Uh, it, it's something sin. Now they have a new name, but they've been in talks with them 
about making a game for AEW, which uh, yeah, I've, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I've said it to friends where I thought the, all those guys, they probably love the 64 games. And yeah. if they could make a game in, and I don't want just in that style. I want that fucking game. That's what I want. We want the same shit. You know, don't give me something that's kind of like it. But if they could do that, that would be, and they already got a lot of hype behind them. And like, you know, it's a cool show. Wrestling is like, it's just super crazy right now. But that would be one of the greatest advertisements I think they could have. Because people that don't even watch it, if they knew a game that came out, because a lot of people just stopped watching wrestling. They just did. A lot of old fans. But if they knew this game was coming out, you know, that was was AKI putting this out and you know it's good. You know you're going to love it. And so many people, I think, would play that. They don't even watch wrestling. And some of them might even end up tuning in. But, I mean, that's really, like, a big thing. And, I mean, you know, they got money behind them at AEW, and I really think they could pull this off. So, like, anybody's dream of that, you know, N64, you know, AKI game, like, I I got to give, you know, I'm not on the hype train with AEW, but if they pull out this game, um, it, you know, I, I'll probably be sold. And if that was on a system that launched, like that, that probably would, you know, there, there you go. I get to link it back up to the wrestling. See? Yeah, they, they are big gamers. Uh, you know, I follow, I follow like, um, like Cody Rhodes and, and everyone on AEW. And it's funny cause, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes, like he was posting up about how, uh, he had like a modded, uh, Super Nintendo with like a SCART cable and he was playing Donkey Kong Country and then you know Dustin Rhodes uh, he he actually posted uh, where he had bought a Switch and bought a bunch of games and used the hashtag old man gaming like he was like oh you know I had, <laughs> I had to buy myself a Switch you know Gold Dust likes the Nintendo Switch you know so I mean it's pretty cool like and, and of course you know you got Kenny Omega. You got some of the matches that they've had where they've used, uh, you know, what was it like a joystick? Like did they pulled a joystick from the audience that was like a tournament fighter from the fighting community. Like wasn't that what happened? They, oh, yeah, they, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would be positive he, he would have used something like that. You know, you, you will see video yeah. game items show up in matches, and, and he is a you know a, a extreme gamer, you know, in competitions yeah. and stuff too. It's like I said, they're like these guys, and, and you know, even though some of them are younger, some of them are closer around like our age, but they played those games, and everybody, like, people love those games. They're still the greatest. And like yeah. I said, I mean, they, like, they could pull this off. And I mean, I just think that's a, uh, like, a it, man, that would just be huge. Like, it's, really. I mean, because the WWE games are just, to me, eh, you know, they just don't do it. I had more fun playing my 64, playing the Japanese ones. And like I said, I, I really think these guys can do it, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny too because uh, you mentioned like the old wrestling games. Because I haven't played too many of the newer wrestling titles, like the WWE games. I think the last one I played was like on the 360. But the, I went back just a couple of days ago and was playing WWF Raw on the Super Nintendo. And I was sitting there playing that and I'm like, man, this game is still so much fun. Like it's simplistic, but it's just fun, you know. And I, I think I think that's what it was. Is like the WWE games later on got like a little too, too like uh, too much. I guess I, that's the best way to describe it. It, it it's more of a uh, that they oh god damn it I forgot the word. It's more of a uh, a a simulation. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a wrestling, and you can do anything you want. But like I said, I just feel like I keep hitting R2 
all the time. Like, I just keep blocking. Whereas those other games, especially 64, just really gave, you know, that just awesome feeling. Like, anybody can pick them up, play them. Still takes a lot to master. But it's like, I, I think we could really see this game you know, coming out and like, that's just kind of, it's kind of mind blowing. Cause I think it'll be good. Might even have some barbed wire and shit in there, which would be kind of cool. That would be sweet. Now, uh, going into the main game, uh, the main topic of the episode, uh, I asked the, uh, listeners if they had any gaming regrets and that, that's, that's the title of the episode is gaming regrets. And I wanted to make it kind of a broad topic, not just, you know, uh, maybe you sold a game that you're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't sell that. Or maybe you bought something, right? Man, I wish I didn't buy that. But maybe uh, maybe a choice you made in the game, maybe if you were playing like a Telltale game, you made the wrong choice. Or uh, maybe it was a game that just didn't do it for you. And uh, I got a couple, I got, actually got a couple of replies. I'm pulling them up on my phone right now of uh, some of the folks that replied. I was just like, what are some of your gaming regrets? Um, okay. Okay, so let me get get this going here. So, the first one I got was uh, from Cody. He says, uh, buying a physical copy of Duke Nukem Forever on PC for $40 new wouldn't have been as disappointed if I got it for about 15 instead. Uh, a lot of people got burned with Duke Nukem Forever. That was like... That was just one of those games that everyone was hyped for and it came out and it was just... I still haven't played it, though, to be honest. I think is that the one uh, I, I have one of the ones that's on like PS3 um, but I was never big into Duke Nukem like I've just just kind of played them a little bit for the first time and it's been some of the newer ones and uh, like I, I don't really know what people got so excited about in the first place but uh, I, I still hate it if someone did love it you know and ended up getting fucking burned and yeah like it was just a bad game because when new franchises you've been waiting on come out uh, it's always a bummer you know, when it's just not what it should be. I, I think it's just one of those things, because Duke Nukem was, like, in development hell for, like, over a decade. That was one of those games that was just always being worked on. Ironically, it's kind of funny. I remember I used to go to this, like, Black Sabbath website when I was in high school. And the guy who ran the Black Sabbath website was one of the developers for Duke Nukem Forever. And I didn't know that until one day I went on the website, and he was talking about how the website was going to be put on hold because he was out trying trying to find another job because he got let go from the Duke Nukem uh, team. I was like, wow, I didn't know he he developed video games, but yeah, he got let go. Uh, another another one was from uh, Tyler. He says, uh, no, Taylor, Ty- Tyler, Tyler. I always get those two names mixed up. But he said, uh, buying NASCAR Heat Evolution for 60 new, only for the game to turn out to be the most buggy mess I've ever played. I Wasn't NASCAR uh, Heat Evolution, wasn't that like, kind of like a, a combat racer for NASCAR? Do you remember that? I don't think I would ever play a NASCAR game. Um, Cause I think, I think it's this... bad flashbacks. <laughs> my sister's boyfriend wouldn't let me watch wrestling, and he'd watch NASCAR, so I've hated it my whole life. I, I think <laughs> I think this was like the NASCAR game that had like power ups, kind of like a kart racer. And I, I just remember playing the demo, and it had like a it had a power up where you could like shoot off a tornado and make all <laughs> make all the cars like spin out of control. But I sounds kind of cool. It, it was it was pretty. The demo was fun, but I guess you know the game, the main game itself wasn't um, as good as it was. I mean that's that's un- that's always unfortunate when you buy a brand new game for like sixty bucks and it turns out not to be that great. That's that's always sad. Um, 
I guess the next one would be from uh, Long Boys Post 1975. He said, not buying a Neo Geo and cash converters 18 years ago as it had no PSU. It was cheap, too, at 90 quid as they don't know, uh, they didn't know what it was back then. That would suck. The, the not buy a Neo Geo when it was like 90 bucks. Yeah, it, I'm sure there's lots of times we've passed those systems where it's like, man, it's like, should I get that? And it's like, sometimes it's just maybe if it was just a little bit cheaper, you would have got it. Or like you said, if it's like you just didn't really know what it was and yeah. you kind of end up missing out, you know, and just, and how many times have we passed up things like that? And later on, like it's it's never there when you go back. Yeah. Yeah. Ne- next one was uh, from our friend uh, Choppy. He says, uh, Batman Forever on the Genesis, that game was horrible. And I agree. Oh, I, God. Dude, I was burned with that game, too. Because, you know, when Batman Forever came out, Batman was, like, the shit. Like, everyone loved Batman. And, I mean, Jim Carrey was huge. And you're like, oh, man, a new Batman game's coming out. And, you know, Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo was pretty awesome. It was a really good beat-em-up. And then you got Batman Forever, which they, like, tried to use, like, the digitized actors, like Mortal Kombat. But it looked very bootleg. Like, even the way they made Robin, he didn't look like the way he does in the movie. Like, it looked more like classic Robin. And I remember that game was just so cryptic and so broken. Uh, that That was a very regretful rental of mine. So I can agree with them. Oh, dude, that was brutal. There was this one uh, friend's house we used to hang out at all the time when I was like 19, 20. And I remember they had a Super NES. And there was like two games. They had Donkey Kong Country and Batman. And that's where I ended up playing it. And so you'd sit there playing it because it was one of the only games there. I mean, usually you'd switch over to Donkey Kong Country. But God, it was terrible. Like that was. I, 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 feel, I feel choppy's pain on that, man. That one yeah. was, God. At least I never bought it. That's yeah, yeah, that's same here. The worst. Yeah, I never, I never <laughs> bought it. Thankfully, I think I, I never bought it, but I think it ended up somehow in my collection. Like I don't know how I, how it ended up there. I think one day I was going through like my Genesis stuff one night, one day, and I saw Batman Forever. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Justin Down Phoenix, he says uh, buying Chippendale Rescue Rangers instead of Final Fantasy, which I had a chance to get Final Fantasy. Not that it's a bad game, it's actually pretty good, but Final Fantasy was a life-changing game for me, and I could have enjoyed it sooner in the life than I did. And I mean, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting regret because yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers on the NES is a pretty awesome Disney Capcom game, uh, but. Final Fantasy is also Final Fantasy, <laughs> you know. At least, at least. No, he's he. Well, I say he, he's he's very right on that because, like, you yeah. have one game that really it shines more in co-op, whereas Final Fantasy is a game you can sit there and play by yourself. And yeah, you know, it was one I've, I've said many years ago before when I first got it. I only got it because I was so sick of seeing it in Nintendo Power. I was yeah. sick. I was just God. I'm tired of seeing this stupid game. What is this crap? I was like, fuck it, I'll get it. I was like, Dad, can I get this for my birthday? And it was only like 40 bucks, which was cheaper than most of the normal games. And when you think about that price and like what you got, and I mean, man, that introduced so many of us, you know, to RPGs to where, I mean, it, you know, it really is like a, like a life game changing experience for so yeah. many of us. So I, I could, 
I could see that being a regret, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least at least it wasn't, like I said, at least it wasn't like, hey, I could have, because uh, this will get into my experiences. Like, my, my some of my gaming regrets would be, you know, some of the rentals, you know, like seeing the choice between, say, like, Final Fantasy or Last Action Hero, you know, something like, or Silver Surfer or something like that. Because, you know, there was so many games that, you know, I would have that weekend. I'd be off from school. You know, two days, nothing but video games, get my chores done, of course, and, you know, you'd pick that game, and you'd be stuck with it, and it would be a horrible game, and you would just, like, hate yourself for two days straight, and I, that was some of my regrets, were, like, picking some of the games that I looked on the back of the cover, and I'm like, hey, I like The Simpsons, Bart Simpson versus the world, this is gonna be awesome, take it home, and it's just terrible, terrible. What about you, James? What were some it's regrets? Kinda, it, well, I'm with you. Like, I definitely had some rentals. Uh, you know, I had the one time where it's like X Men. Um, X Men was always checked out, always. And I finally went, and uh, I remember there was like X Men Three Stooges, but X Men was in. It's like I wanted to play Three Stooges, but it's like I got the X Men, and uh, we've all, you know, if you've played that on Nintendo, it's terrible. Like, I'm not yeah. saying Three Stooges is the greatest game, but Three Stooges was very fun back then. Yeah. Um, definitely the better rental uh, baby boomer also and like i said we got tricked because like there'd be a game you're know, like baby boomer but it's always checked out like yeah. it's gotta be good right yeah exactly it's, it's gotta be good and when it's finally there you get it and you know it was a bootleg baby blue cartridge light zapper game that is just really terrible yeah and like you said it did it ruins your weekend i had a birthday party um few friends over me about five friends decided to rent a couple games i rented hydlide and ultima oh god they got oh. some of the, like you that's not a party <laughs> play with your friends game hydlide <laughs> is just the shits anyway and i mean yeah. ultima never been a fan but dude that like could i have picked two worse games for like a birthday than those two? Oh god no Probably not. <laughs> yeah, that was like I remember. Uh, you know, I got some. I got some money when I was a kid, and I think it was like twenty dollars. Which twenty dollars as a kid, man, it burns a hole in your pocket. I remember I went to KB Toys, and I remember I wanted to buy. I wanted to buy Mortal Kombat two, but Mortal Kombat two was like fifty bucks. And I remember I was really upset, and I didn't really know too much about what games were what because I was a little younger, and the only knowledge I knew was what I read out of a magazine or something like that. But I remember I saw Super Mario All-Stars, and I was like, okay, I'll buy Super Mario All-Stars. I mean, I know that's good, because I've rented it before. But then like, once I bought it, and I took it home, and I played it, I realized, I'm like, why did I get this? I have Mario 1, 2, and 3 on the NES right now. I just spent $20 on like a game that I already have with just better graphics. Luckily it had lost levels, so I played that through that, but I was just kind of I was kind of regretful on that even at a young age. I kind of felt like I wasted my money on Super Mario kind All-Stars. Of a, kind of a repackaging. Yeah, you know, I think I think people got nailed with that sometimes. I I've had some regretful things like I asked for for Christmas. Um thankfully a couple of them I did not get like WrestleMania for NES. I asked for oh, that yeah. and did not get it. Thankfully. I also asked for Zelda two one year and uh, my friend down the street got it. I did not. And I was actually very glad I didn't get it. Like I said, not, not that it's bad. It's just very hard and I'm very terrible at it. Uh, but the one I did get, and it's always an odd thing, but like I said, you know, I, I still love controllers now. 
So I guess even as a kid, there was the Acclaim wireless controllers. Mm -hmm. Uh, These were advertised in many magazines, commercials. I mean, they made them look awesome, dude. I mean, controllers with no cords. Not that the NES had bad cords. They were long. Like, you know, it gave you some good distance. But these just look great, dude. Turbo buttons, everything. Asked for that for Christmas. I could have got a game. But no, I wanted these stupid controllers. And um, they actually worked so poorly that we managed to take them back. And we took them back to the store and said they did not work. And um, I I don't remember what game I got in place of it, but I guarantee you it was much better than either of those controllers, which were just rotten. Yeah, yeah, wireless controllers were not as good as they are now definitely i got i got one more regret before we get into games we've been playing recently uh my last regret would be actually playing playing pokemon not not not, not anything wrong against pokemon i like pokemon but uh pokemon red and blue had a glitch called missing no a missing number and what it was, it was like this uh, glitched out Pokemon that you could find in, in the stage. And if you beat that Pokemon, whatever was in your six inventory slot, you would get, like I think, like either 50 or 99 in your inventory. And uh, the one thing that my friend told me to do, he was like, do not catch Missing now. He was like, you know, fight him, but do not catch him because he'll mess up your game. And I thought my friend was just bullshitting. I thought my friend was just telling me not to catch him because he was trying to keep me from, like, getting a really badass Pokemon. So I went ahead and caught him. And when I caught him, it uh, wiped out my whole save file. Like, I had, wow. I had so many Pokemon. And I couldn't, I couldn't resave. Like, every time I would go back and play it, I just couldn't save. That way, oh man, that's rough. I'll, I'll give one final one too. Uh, just as I think it's funny because so many people complain about GameStop now, but uh, you know, I'm I'm 41, so I was around in the early days of trade-ins at your local game store, and I can remember trading in probably four games. Um, I, I don't know what they were. I I, I, I I can't remember, but it was four games, and I traded them in for Willow on the NES. Oh wow, which was uh 30 bucks and uh so four games for a 30 dollar game and uh and it was willow and it's terrible so yeah not as good as the arcade game the arcade game was so oh no the arcade the arcade game is amazing you know yeah. that nes one not saying that it's completely awful but man when you think about it four games which were you know probably some mediocre ones anyway but still for that no, that that was a regret right there for sure. Indeed. Now, uh, getting into games we've been playing recently, uh, I I haven't really been playing that much to be honest. Um, I I've done a lot of reviews, like Alliance Alive. I did a review for that, and also Fighting Rage, which is an awesome beat 'em up. Uh, you guys can check out those reviews on YouTube.com/slash Xander Scullion. But uh, a game I actually downloaded last night that I want to talk about that I've been really enjoying, it's called Untitled Goose Game. Or it's just Untitled Goose. And uh, it's a puzzler where you're playing as a goose, and your job is you got kind of like a checklist of really messed up things to do to people. And I don't mean like messed up like saying like killing people or something like that. It's it's a very like calming kind of game and it's funny because there's not a whole lot of music unless you get caught by the humans. Then they'll start playing like this piano that sounds kind of like Mr. Rogers. Uh, but like 
it'd be like stuff like uh make make this kid that's wearing glasses make him put on the wrong glasses so what i would do is i was like i'm a, I'm a goose so i'm walking around and i honk at him and he gets him scared so he starts falling and he starts running and while he's running i run behind him and i unlace his shoe and he falls on his face and so while he's falling down i had another pair of sunglasses i grabbed from uh, another area in the game, and I put the other sunglasses there. So you grab like the wrong glasses and put them on. That, and like, okay, that's 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 what I had to do on the checklist. It's it's a really interesting game. It's like twenty bucks on the eShop, but I, I'd say it's worth it. I think it's very very niche and very quirky, which is right up my alley. But uh, that's pretty much the way it's been for me lately with gaming. I mean, I did play WWF Raw a couple of days ago. I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. But uh, what about you, James? Well, that, which I remember the Goose game, which is kind of cool to hear about, because I saw it came out, I think it came out the same day as Zelda, Yeah, uh, which I think had come out uh, since the the last episode we did, which kind of we've both been playing. Um, very awesome. If, you, if you've never played Link's Awakening, I highly suggest you get it. Uh, if you have played it before, it's still very similar, but I mean, the new graphics make it really different, and it's been fun. Um, haven't played as much as I wanted to, like you, as I've... I've had a new cat recently. Uh, I mentioned my kitten Mina before, but I recently adopted a friend of mine's cat who had to move away and was having some uh, issues rehoming him. So I took him in, and I'm all cut up and bleeding, and my thumb is ripped open. So you know, it, it's going okay. We have our moments. He can be really sweet, but uh, you know, it's kind of tough. Uh, but we're working on it. But I, I also did play Blasphemous on the Switch. Oh yeah, um, which. Which recently I'd say, and I, I've said it before, always check the great deals on the uh, eShop. I mean, you can get stuff from a dollar, you know, to just a couple bucks. Game like Blasphemous, I think, was uh, 25 and it was on sale for, you know, t- 22 I mean, still $3 off. It just yeah. looked really cool uh, if you like, you know, Castlevania-style games. But it's just a little bit more morbid, man. There's a lot of... You know, mutilation and torture and uh, sometimes where you'd hit a candle in Castlevania, it's like a corpse hanging on a stake. It's 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 very dark. It's got some uh, crazy religious overtones. Everybody's just in pain and suffering. And uh, it's it's really cool. I kept trying to play it and I kept falling asleep every time. Not because it was boring, it's just because I was tired. Uh, But I I played it finally uh, for a while before the show this morning, and I actually really enjoyed it. And another game I also got on sale, which I wanted to play, was uh, Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle, which uh, I know it's on the Switch, and it's a Friday the 13th puzzle game. And it's kind of like you want to kill the kids in the least amount of moves possible. And Jason kind of slides left and right. You can only go the full mm-hmm. distance of the screen. But it's got some pretty neat, uh, it's very hokey, cheesy, animated-looking deaths. But they're still kind of brutal. And, I mean, damn, dude, it like it's fun. I think it was a maybe like a $15 game at least. I, I want to say I got it on sale for 10 And I've, I had a blast. Like it was, it was super fun, man. Like if you like puzzles and Friday the Thirteenth, I I suggest that you, you kill the kids and the final girl or final boy shows up and you got to kill them. And the little mother's head is like giving you tips and hints and stuff. That's cool. Um, and the last game I got once again on the great deal section was a game called uh, uh, Anodyne. Uh, it was a dollar down from like ten. It's kind of a sixteen bit style game. Uh, Kind of Zelda-ish, uh, you know, from what I get. Um, I have a broom as a weapon right now. Uh, but the, the bit I played, 
JMF for a dollar, like really for like you can really find fun games on the eShop for like a dollar or two. Um, it, it's amazing the price drops on some. So if there's ever a game I'd say anybody wants to get, I'd say like you know sometimes wait a little bit, you might get a couple dollars off, or eventually you know it'll be down to a dollar or two. And there's some bigger name titles. A lot of the Resident Evils are on sale. Um, you know, some bigger name ones, but I like looking for those ones that are like a dollar and it's just like, how much fun can I have for a buck? And it's always worth it. Like it really is. So, um, highly recommend the great deals on the eShop before even you go into the main store. Cause like, there's going to be something cool there, but, uh, yeah, that's been about it. And, and watching wrestling. Also, I highly recommend the new NWA show, uh, power, it's an hour-long show. It's available on YouTube every Tuesday at 6.05, which is a very old-school time for wrestling, uh, as many of us remember back in the day. But it's uh, very easily accessible. Facebook, YouTube is old-school, filmed in the studio. Uh, the guys come out and do the promos like right there. It's, it's different. It's older, but people are buzzing about it, which I think is, uh, is awesome. Because, you know, NWA was a legendary name. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, he owns it now, and he's doing some good stuff. So, you know, so if, crazy. if you get tired of AEW, check out NWA sometime because it's really cool. That, that is awesome. And it's crazy to think that it's uh, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. with pro wrestling. But he's very passionate about it. I've, I've seen some interviews with him, and he's he loves his pro wrestling. So, uh, Ten Pounds of Gold is an amazing series on uh, on YouTube uh, that covers a lot of history. He's got a lot of old champions. Uh, he, he respects it, and he's not a figure point. You don't see Billy Corgan out on the shows. Like he's he's very behind the scenes. He just loves it, and uh, I got to give him mad props because, like I said, he really uh, pulled off a good show in the midst of this new war, AW and NXT and WWE. It's like there's the NWA, and people are talking about it, and like that to me, that's the coolest thing, you know. Indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah, I think this is going to wrap up another episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. I want to say first off. Uh, for you guys that possibly are listening on our new platforms like Spotify or Stitcher or iHeartRadio, uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us. And uh, again, if you want to listen to older episodes of Excess Gaming Podcast, you can check out youtube.com slash Xander Scullion. And I also do some other things other than podcasting as well, like uh, game reviews and gaming news and videos and whatnot. And uh, as well as join our Facebook group page is facebook.com slash group slash excess gaming podcast. As always, guys, thanks for listening. And as always, happy gaming. Have a pleasant evening, everybody.